0: Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking our news of the day, none other than David Schuster, Rebel HQ superstar. Always fascinating to have him on the show. He does great work. Top story of the day. Well, look at there. Mr. Axelrod has now suggested that Biden should not run. For President put up the tweet for mass. I will give you some background. He says, and I quote, only Joe Biden can make this decision. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether it's in his best interest or the country. Um, Now, the reason why, David Axelrod is saying this is because, well, many people are saying it, including the majority of Democratic voters, are saying that he's not really the guy they would like to see run again. But that was the sentiment before. In a head to head matchup with Donald Trump, those individuals turned into supporters that happened during the last election cycle. But the polling data does not suggest it is happening. In this one, now polls are not predictions, they are snapshots. Uh, here's Donald Trump's latest.
1: The latest morning console poll has us far ahead, we're at 59%. And the others are at like 12, one is at 12. I think that's the sanctimonious, but he's rapidly being caught by Ramishwamy. Who's good? No, no, Christie's, he's eating right now, he can't be bothered. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do that. You can't do that. So now because you're not allowed to do that and therefore uh, we're not gonna do it, okay? We wanna be very civil, right?
0: What is this about? You see, Donald Trump is not adverse to America. Donald Trump is a permeation. He is the product of America. He has insulted his way to super prominence in the United States political scene. Why? Because once again, he is an expression of this nation. There's more background, put him up full mask. Remember when Dave, David Axelrod was the strategist, Democratic strategist credited with leading former President Barack Obama's 2008 victory. He has now suggested Biden needs to drop out. David Axelrod pointed to Sunday polling from the New York Times and Siena College that shows the president lagging behind Trump in the five key battleground states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. States which Biden won when he faced Trump in 2020. Cenk made a very similar point when he threw his hat in the ring. Axelrod wrote on Twitter, now known as X, that the data quote will send tremors of doubt through the Democratic Party. And will create legitimate concern about having the president seek re-election. Only Joe Biden can make this decision. He said of having the president run in 2024. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the what he needs to decide of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise. If it's in his best interest or the country's Axelrod noted There is a risk associated with changing course now. As there is little time left for a primary campaign. And campaigns are now, are how we test candidates. But there's a lot of leadership talent in the Democratic Party poised to emerge. He wrote, the POTUS is justly proud of his accomplishments. Axelrod said before bashing Trump as a dangerous, unhinged demagogue whose brazen disdain for the rules, norms, laws, and institutions of democracy should be disqualifying. Correct, but they're not. But the stakes of miscalculation here are too dramatic to ignore, he says. The poll of 3,662 registered voters in the swing states, show Biden was ahead of Trump in in only the swing state of Wisconsin. And he falls to Trump by a margin of four to 10% among registered voters in the other five states. The voters overwhelmingly prefer Trump over Biden on issues of immigration, national security, and the current war in Israel, the poll found. Two-thirds of the respondents said the country is moving in the wrong direction under Biden. And just thirty seven percent say they trust or trusted Biden with the economy compared to fifty nine percent who said they trusted Trump, making it one of the largest issue gaps the poll found. Biden is also losing support from much of his base, according to the survey. Young voters under the age of 30 are only favoring Biden by a single percentage point. And his pool with Hispanic voters is down to single digits. Meanwhile, traditionally Democratic black voters are registering 22% support for Trump in the polling data. Many of the respondents cited Biden's age as a factor, with a staggering 71% saying they felt Biden is, quote, too old to be president, including 54% of his own backers, while only 39% felt the same about Trump. They're basically the same age, including 19% of Trump's backers. Biden's campaign has been trying to undercut the concerns about his age over the past few weeks by spotlighting Trump's various flubs and mishaps on the campaign trail. Such as not knowing which Iowa City he was in last month it's not going to work it's not going to be effective okay this really is not about the age of biden let me explain why i say that if biden would have delivered on the campaign resume presented then you would see an excitement you would see a campaign excitement and you would see excitement in communities states it would almost be tangible but because you did not deliver that resume There's no excitement. None of these individuals are spring chickens, none of them. Biden is old, Trump is old. Hell, even Bernie was no spring chicken, but he created excitement. Why? Ideas, philosophy, political common sense. Talking directly to the issue. If Biden could have governed in the progressive way he started to campaign, you have a different scenario today. Don't think Axelrod is saying what he's saying without having major conversations with people inside of the Democratic Party before making such a public announcement. Of course he has. question is, what happens next? All right, David, how do you see this, dear brother?
1: Well, I think that point about David Axelrod having conversations with fellow Democrats is crucial because there's a lot of reporting that President Obama himself had lunch with Joe Biden at the White House, visited him at the White House, and now they're June or July. And that President Obama also made the argument to Joe Biden, look, if you leave the Democratic Party, if you don't run for re-election, you will walk away a hero for having defeated Donald Trump in 2020, for having taken take the nation out of COVID, for the number of jobs you've created. You've created twice as many jobs as Donald Trump leave the race as a hero. Don't be the one who has lost democracy to Donald Trump. Well, Joe Biden, apparently that lobbying effort didn't work. And so Biden is hanging in there. So this is an effort, I think, by David Axelrod again to try to raise the stakes. And in my view, I think the polling is clear. I think it is time to sort of smash the glass and pull the fire alarm for Democrats. Because when you have two thirds of the country who feel the country's headed in the wrong direction, only 27% believe the country's headed on the right track. That is a death knell for an incumbent president. Now, Is it as a guarantee that Joe Biden would lose the election to Donald Trump? I'm not sure it's a guarantee, but I think he is not the strongest Democrat that Democrats could put forward. If there is a race, and even though there's 80 days until the voting begins in New Hampshire and Iowa, if there's a race between Gavin Newsom and Governor Whitmer of Michigan and Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris, at least the Democrats would have that opportunity to sift through the candidates and figure out, well, who is their more energetic, strongest candidate to take on Donald Trump? But if the Democrats go with Joe Biden, and again, if, if Joe Biden wants this race, It will be his. But I don't think Joe Biden really wants to go down to the history books as the president who lost democracy to Donald Trump. And that's the argument Democrats are going to have to make.
2: Very well said. We will update as it develops. All right. Once again, there's a
0: cop. He decides to become violent. He has been charged. Here's the video.
3: off or
4: die, shut it off, you better stop, you better stop,
3: on the ground, on the ground. Taser, 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 one down, on your stomach,
2: on your stomach now, on your stomach now, on your, You're okay. on your Stomach. How many times did I tell you?
3: I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, sir. I'm done. Put your hands behind your back now. Sorry. Oh, sir, I'm sorry. I don't know what the Shut f- happened. Shut the I'm up. sorry. Put your Me? hands. You're getting another ride. You're getting another taser. And put your hands behind your back. I got you. Sorry, sir. You know what happened. Put your- All right, you didn't know the- No, ride. please. Oh,
2: God. Oh, God. Oh,
3: God. Put your-
2: down. They are. They are. They don't do that no more. You're behind my back. Shut the up. I'm sorry.
0: What up, the picture profile for a mass here? Let me explain to you what you just saw. Officer Nicholas Quijas has been charged with cruelty. He has been arrested. And charged with third degree assault for cruelty against a human being on Monday after Nagatuck Police Department released a body cam video showing an October 14th incident in which the officer deployed his taser several times on a 33 year old named Jarrell Day, who police say has been arrested for stealing $200 worth of beer. The six minute 43 second body cam video shows the moment Quijas and fellow officer John Williams first encountered Day in his car with multiple cases of beer. As Williams attempted to open the passenger door, Day drove off. Officer Quijas pursued Day's vehicle, ultimately catching up to him when Day crashed into a pole. Quijas got out of his vehicle and started running after Day, yelling, Better blank stop as he drew his taser and fired at day. So Kihas told Day, get on his stomach. You saw this part, activated the taser again as Day rolled to his stomach and said, officer, I'm sorry. I don't know what the blank happened. Kihas put his hand on Day's face as he grabbed his hands and placed them behind Day's back. Now, put up this picture. I want to show you profile here. They continued to plead with the officer before the officer said, you're getting another ride. Ride is their way of saying ride the lightning or the electricity going through your body. And he decided to fire his taser again, as the man lay on the ground with his back facing the officer as the officer said. Documents provided to ABC News by the department shows that officer Quijas has been disciplined multiple times during his 13-year tenure as a cop. Most recently, officer Kehos was suspended in August 2022 for completing a version of what police chief C Colin McAllister described as a boxing in maneuver during a traffic stop, a move not authorized for that type of simple incident. In a letter to the police commission notifying of the disciplinary action taken against Officer Quijas, McAllister said the same tactic and boxing in maneuver was cited as the underlying cause that led to Quijas discharging his firearm at a suspect during a traffic, traffic stop incident in 2020. 2017, Quijas responded to help during an attempted traffic stop by another officer, in which Quijas claimed he'd been struck by the vehicle. An investigation into the incident stated that the vehicle and the, the vehicle or the uh, video evidence showed that Kihas' vehicle clearly had not been hit. Adding that while this review is unable to provide, that Officer Kiosk made a false statement, a false report that his cruiser was struck by the suspect vehicle. It does find the situation troubling and raises reasonable doubt. Now, understand what's happening here. You have a tapestry of a lying cop who literally has already committed multiple felony offenses. He has violated oath of office. He has filed a false police report. At least once, I'm sure there's more. And they are aware that he has been lying and filing false police reports. They even have a video of him lying about what happened. There's more. The investigation actually recommended at that time that Kihas be quote, verbally counseled in regards to making radio transmissions that could be construed as trying to justify a pursuit. And that his actions in any future pursuit reviews be closely examined. In other words, they knew the future. They knew he was going to do something like this, go extreme on a simple incident. He has a history of it, all right? There's more, Day is currently facing charges. Um, of robbery, larceny, interfering with an officer and resisting reckless driving and disobeying the signal of an officer, he was released on a $200,000 bond. Meanwhile, Officer Keha as, uh, was released on a $50,000 bond on Monday and is scheduled to appear at a Waterbury Superior Court soon. I know there are some who are going to say, well, um, the guy should have just complied, okay? when he did comply the problematic officer who actually has a criminal past without being arrested did exactly what they said he would do eventually is make something extreme out of something small you see there's no issue pursuing someone there's no issue when the arrest was made the issue is Once a person is complying with the officer, that individual is on his stomach as mandated by the cop. The cop is still angry and decides to tase the human being over and over again, well, that's criminal now, that is criminal. You know how many people die because of excessive use of a taser? And I want you to contextualize it properly. If he would have died because of this, right? It would have been due to stolen beer, stolen beer. And an officer who was outraged that a person who committed theft ran. All right, David thoughts here.
1: Well, look, I'm relieved that the officer has actually been charged. In too many cases, this happens and police departments double down and defend a police officer and don't yep. do anything, so I guess that's some good news. Um, but the police department should have known this was bound to happen. This guy had a record as being a loose cannon. And when somebody's a loose cannon, the community is in danger. And let's to underscore your point, Dr. Ritchie, you cannot use excessive force as a police officer. The courts have ruled you cannot use excessive force unless the person who you are trying to arrest poses an imminent danger, safety hazard to himself, To you, the police officer, or to a bystander. Was any of that, met? Maybe when he was running away, I suppose. But once he's on the ground, once he's on his stomach, at that point, the officer cannot use excessive force. The courts have said that repeatedly. But the police department should have seen this coming. And thank God this guy actually lived through this awful experience. Because I have a feeling if this police officer were not arrested and has not been fired, this sort of thing would happen again.
0: There you go, well said. We will update as his,
2: um, well justice continues. All right, hell of a thing, a bus driver loses it, attacks
0: a student on the bus, put up the picture full mask. Hell of a thing, hell of a thing. A Louisiana school bus driver, his name is Miles Jenkins. He has been released on bond after an incident in which he decided to assault a student during his route on Monday, October 30th. Video recorded by another student captures the bus driver slapping and choking the young male student. Jenkins is now facing charges of only simple battery, should be more. A driver for first student, the school bus contractor hired by Jefferson Parish Schools. Jenkins is seen pushing the Mar- the Marrero Middle School student after the child attempts to leave his seat on the bus. Okay, Jenkins then decides to slap the child across the face before the child fights back and pushes the bus driver. Uh, now, at this point, you see the other pictures: on um, the older man, the bus driver, the mature individual. He decides to smash the young child into the bus window. And it looks at this point as if he is being choked, he's choking him, okay? A voice off screen yells for Jenkins to get off him, but he does not until a bit later, right? This is at this point, obviously a full abuse situation. In my opinion, the boy's father reported the incident to the authorities, And Jenkins was arrested on Tuesday, October 31st, by the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office, his conduct uh, and was given a $500 bond. Jenkins was released without paying and the bond, uh, the bond because the jail was overcrowded. Uh, since the incident, the man has resigned, is preparing to defend himself against uh, these abuse charges first student the private bus company licensed to provide transportation for the students in the district alleged that Jenkins had been trained, gone through federal and national risk management security screening. And still acted out of policy. A person spoke on behalf uh, behalf of the company and said at first student. We invest heavily in the comprehensive training and ongoing development of our bus drivers. They receive an average of 40 hours of training before operating a bus. Which is more than double the federal requirement. Drivers also go through regular enhancement training during their tenure with the company. We monitor driver performance daily and conduct annual evaluations. Well, hell, they do more more than what the police do. A representative of the school district, Keila Lewis, Said the buses are under the school board's transportation vendor, which means they are contractors. And all bus drivers who transport our Jefferson Parish School students undergo state and federal background checks. And added that there is training they must also undergo to work with kids. Once reported district and school disciplinary policies are followed and if necessary appropriate uh, disciplinary actions are taken. Lewis said the district also stated it would be working with the JPSO to ensure that justice is met for the child. Authorities are investigating the incident, have not released information regarding what led to the altercation. Um, There is nothing, there's absolutely nothing that can justify an adult doing that to a child on a bus at all, nothing. It doesn't matter, I don't care if there was something said, something uttered doesn't make a difference. And when you look at the video, It is clear the bus driver, well, he is the physical aggressor. He is the example, he is the adult, he is the leader. Um, This has, in my opinion, very little to do with training. Uh, For the most part, bus drivers, and I've had some great bus drivers. um, Bus drivers are really cool. They connect, they talk, sometimes they're even funny. Uh, But this is abuse, period. And for him to go this extreme to literally looking as if he's attempting to choke the life out of a baby. All right, um, should have been arrested on the spot the same day. The father had to actually file charges or go to the um, magistrate to get these charges done.
1: David thoughts here. I've got two kids, a six year old and 10 year old, who ride the bus to school every day and ride at yeah. home. And I know full well just how crazy and overwhelming the energy and the screaming on a school bus can be. And I sympathize with bus drivers who feel like things are out of control. But the fact is, There is a remedy for school bus drivers if somebody does misbehave. There is a reporting mechanism in every school district in the country. There are video cameras. There's all sorts of ways that school bus drivers, if they're dealing with a student who's misbehaving, can actually go through the proper channels to have that student either suspended or disciplined. For a school bus driver to take this into his or her own hands is simply Outrageous. And I think he gets to your point, Dr. Richie. This guy was should have never been a school bus driver to begin with. He should never be around children. This guy has got some clear emotional. Psychological problems. And the fact that he's been around children for as long as he has uh, is is frightening. And and think about it. those kids who are on that bus who had to witness that yeah. awful experience. I hear from my kids all the time, but the school bus driver is mean to them and how much that disturbs them. Imagine how much more disturbed the other children are going to be, and this kid is going to be for decades, for years, because this bus driver decided that he couldn't he couldn't control things. Uh, there's there are victims here, and it's not just. The man who lost control. It's also the young man, the child that he attacked, and also the other kids who were on that bus.
0: Yeah, and you know, bus drivers have a lot of authority. If they say, "Listen, uh, this kid is suspended from my bus route," uh, that's pretty absolute. I, I've never really seen a bus driver be over-written um, on that particular uh, directive. So, if it was a problem, uh, he could have simply made the order happen and said this. Particular kid cannot ride on my bus again. If there was a problem to that extreme, all right. We got more on the other side.
2: It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. We still have a lot
0: of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. We're kind of pressed for time. I was. I would read as many as I can. Um, yeah, beautiful stuff. Okay. Interesting. Next TYT reporter, age and all that aside, Americans are not happy. Americans are not happy with Biden right now. Most Americans want to cease fire. Biden is not only Biden is not only not endorsing a ceasefire, he' condoning the actions of Israel. So yeah, he shouldn't run. I mean, this guy has doubled down in a way that leads me to believe he's totally disconnected from reality. He has to be. he has been a bubble. We all we always talk about this bubble. Uh, this man's in a brick bubble, uh, seemingly. Uh, Gwendolyn Scott, thank you so much for that. We we'll appreciate you. And, uh, yep. Love says, right, you are, Dr. Richie. Uh, the people are disappointed, and he needs to bow out gracefully. I mean, when you got Obama coming to the White House, you got Axelrod saying something publicly. Uh, hell, it may be the. DNC chair coming out next to make a proclamation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got something for you. I wish you Karen would.
2: You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a yeah, Sunday. No, no,
4: no. you feel back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. No, he's taking my picture. And I just, I
2: just want to
3: know- how
5: come you, you, you keep
3: opening, you live here? Only for eight years now. I've only had this conversation with you five times. Yes,
2: and you keep opening.
3: Five times doors. in eight years I've had this conversation because with you, keep you.
2: opening and closing the
3: gates and you're not supposed to. Why are they closed? They're
6: closed because the subdivision has said they will be closed for the, so that it's an empty...
5: And did you go to the meeting? Did you go to the
2: subdivision meeting? You just
3: answered the question, so why are you stopping me and asking me why I'm opening and closing the gates?
6: Because I want to know why you just... You just said
3: why. You you just said why. You just said why. Because for now, the subdivision is closing the gates. They have been closed for 30 years. Then why are you asking me why I'm closing the gates? I'm
2: asking you why you're going through them opening
3: and closing them. Look... Like the four conversations we've had before, yeah. them are Mike Roman's gates, okay? Them aren't the subdivision no, no, gates. They're not, they not your gates. Okay? Uh, are Romans, but Romans, they are Romans. Romans he, she knows this. Yeah, she knows this. Gates, Karen knows this. Who's Karen? She knows this. Karen? Karen, you live right there. Go home. Karen? Go
0: no, go go home. Very astute individual here. Recognize the situation pretty quickly. There's more video, here it is.
3: I just wanna know why you are special that you can go- I wanna know what makes you so special to jump in front of people's cars and make them stop. I walked carefully, that was nice. No, she's done this five times, dude, okay? Five different times. About our look look you've done it okay because with the people that used to live over there in that condo that mike was renting to you freaking followed us all the way from the gates when you jumped in front of the car like you're doing now over to their house over to their house you was on their front porch screaming yelling and hollering about some people trespassing
1: they
6: are not allowed in the I'm oh my
1: lord!
3: Well, what needs to
2: happen is uh, yeah,
3: well, I want to take a picture of. Bike. Well, c- take a picture. You want, to you? you want me to get in front of it and no, smile for you? You want me to get in front of it and smile for you?
2: so
3: he'll run your place. Are you like not aware that this I vehicle has been, do in, do here do been do in here for ten years I almost? I mean, come on. I know. I know, why I, why I I know, do know you what you drive. I know what you drive. Okay. I know what most people drive because I see most people's vehicles all the time in here. Well, no, that's because it's not your property to go through. It's not yours either. Hey, I got to go. I got a kid coming home. I need to get home. So can you take your picture and move your, move your, move your butt out of the street so we can drive on the street? Well, you're acting like a damn Karen, so I'm going to call you Karen.
0: Um, Karen, typically when you are um, a troll and you're demanding that someone do something before they can gain entry, uh, you have to you have to ask a question, uh, make a solve a riddle, uh, or something. All right, this is a confusing situation. There's more.
2: Yeah, I, I never-
3: is, is i don't even know what that carrot thing
4: is i had just read something it's not a, like,
3: a bean, a bitch jan just come on over it's, it's a, it, picture it, of
4: him let huh? him go are you the renter why didn't you do this eight years ago oh you're the
3: renter oh now you know finally take your picture and get the hell out the way because now you know i live in here thank you <laughs> you need to move out of the road out of the road this is for cars remember my nephew who was riding his dirt bike and you carried out on him and tried to yank him off his bike and then you took his thousand dollars phone and threw it on the ground do you remember that too because i remember that about your crazy ass too let me guess he did that on his own and decided he wanted to blame you i'm gonna call the police and have them take your ass to your home so you can take your med and and go on about your day and leave people alone i would Is not permanently want to live with people Is like your you son in jail i yet? got the option to get the hell out of here and it's going to happen
0: i mean um um there's actually one more video
3: I feel well, sorry for still, people who own homes in here that have to live with you. At least out. I got the option please to get, get the hell out of here. Please please wait for your crazy ass.
2: Trash. Now it's wait a minute.
3: What's your issue now? Well, Hold I on. We got a we got, got a. we got a Karen. Roadblock. We got a Karen and a Kevin. This must be her brother you Kevin. Need to go away now, bud. This must be brother Kevin because I haven't even done or said anything to you. Well, then obviously you. And not saying that you wish I would because I'm. a- you had your truck in the middle of the road and your trailer, and you were throwing gravel in the road, and you prevented me from going around I was throwing you. gravel in the road. Oh, he doesn't. You mean do I you was putting gravel down at the gate that you think you own and that you have rights to. Like your truck was impeding it's my Mike's driving. When and it's not yours, just go away. Just go So away. now you do know. So 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 okay. This was all just, just a big ass act, right? This was all just a big ass show. You just you guys are lonely, bored, and need each other to start. Mike. With people, I, would you please I ask my But all I, hear I know, is right? Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's because you're standing next to Karen here. No, no, I, I would think right that right way, too. Boy, so I, I, I would think that way, too, if I had a Karen on my side. Be like, woo, what am I going to do today with the rest of myself? I'm going to start with people.
2: Please
0: <laughs> Karens are dangerous. All right, sir, if I were you, i watch your back. Okay? You may need to file a report. Uh, they operate like gangs, sir. Uh, actually, they are. There's a kin and a Karen. um Sometimes they can be unstoppable, sir. I'm sorry to tell you that. All right, <laughs> David, uh, we just had to go ahead and give it all to you sir what are your thoughts about these this duo?
1: well i think the guy who was driving and recording and staying calm and being funny that guy Not needs right. a reality show i he mean does. he is, he's multi-talented multitasking to be able to stay that calm and that quick and that witty was was great um the last time i checked dr ritchie if a gate is closed and you have to go through the gate don't you have to open the gate go yes. through and then Close the gate. That's the physics that I understand. But right, maybe Karenicity, there's a there's a different equation.
0: Yeah, you know, unless you're engaged in some kind of you know quantum entanglement or tunneling, <laughs>
2: the only way to get entry is to open the gate.
6: Don't take the whole thing. Don't take the whole
2: thing. Thanks.
0: (laughs) You know, last year we We went through this with Karens. And we highlighted the Karens across the nation who tried to steal candy from children. We highlighted the Karens who tried to take everything. We thought our coverage would have put Karenicity on alert during the holidays, it did not. Put up the picture full mass. Some interesting dynamics here, in case anyone will say, well, you know, did she really try to steal the candy? I mean, maybe she was just maneuvering it. Let me point you to Exhibit A. Once she was told, don't take all the candy, she literally put down everything and did not take one piece. Which is indicative of the fact that she came there with one mission in mind. To take all the candy from the babies that were going to come after her. Let this be a lesson, a reflection, if you would. An opportunity at Remedy. Ben,
1: you know, you hate to see
0: this. You, <laughs> you this. really do.
1: <laughs> you hate to see somebody coming and taking an entire bowl because they forgot to buy candy or they just have a severe teeth problem. This kind of action, it's worse than the people who give out candy corn on Halloween, which is a candy that God yeah. made to punish us. Yeah. Um yeah you, you, you hate to see it, but you know, at least when she was told to not be a complete piece of garbage, she was like, Oh. I'm not supposed to be a piece of garbage. Didn't realize that. Let me just go home. And uh, do you hear her in the distance crying about it? If she gets into her car, too, it's what it sounds like. I don't know what that is, but uh, yeah. you know, it's this is uh, she. She was going dressed up as Halloween as the most frightening costume there is, a Karen.
0: Yeah, that's right. And listen, she could have wore a mask legally that night, and she that wasn't she a mask. Literally- no, that was her. No, it's seriously. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mind bug. Got <laughs> something for you. Double dose.
6: You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In- Sunday.
4: You must feel great. That's all. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life.
3: And you better call the police and ambulance because you're going to need it. I'll be back in ten minutes. You better prepare yourself for the shock of your life because I'm going to have you. I'm going to have your backside. Ten minutes.
0: That has to be the nicest gangster <laughs> ever. I mean, the man said, "Listen, you. First of all." Call the police now, okay? And I'm going to give you 10 minutes. And when I come back, okay, I'm going to have your backside. Let's hear it again. And you
3: better call the police or ambulance because you're gonna need it. I'll be back in 10 minutes. You better prepare yourself for the shock of your life because I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have your backside in 10
0: minutes. I mean, That's kind of scary when you think about it. (laughs) David, would you have been just a
1: little bit like, wait a minute, hold on. This guy's acting way too nice. Well, first of all, if I was in West London, I would automatically assume that things are a little bit cuckoo, a little bit haywire. I mean, (laughs) there's the British sense of humor. People are exceptionally polite. Sometimes they are understated in how they say things. So I I get all of that. But even so, if your argument is, oh, I'm just going to try to scare these people that I just had this altercation why would you give them 10 minutes? Why would you give them the warning? Why not to say, you're going to call the police right now because if the police don't get here in the next two minutes. I'm going to bloody your face or whatever. <laughs> what <are laughs> he's do? uh, I don't get the whole sort of walking away and then coming back. But I, I don't get a lot of things about our, our dear friends in the UK. So, so yeah. it goes. I think he was just a nice guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. We got more on the other side. All right, welcome back. Okay, couple of comments. Josh says, British
0: anger hits different. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Uh, and one more. Okay, uh, Amber is the color of my dragon. Yes, I need to see what happened 10 minutes later. We tried to find that video. It was, it was so catastrophic that there's no evidence of what happened 10 minutes later. Okay, hell of a story, all right? Um, ballerina. And former Bachelor contestant, Alicia May Holloway has gone viral for chronicling her journey and reconnecting with her biological parents. Here's some of it.
5: So my bio mom ended up telling her husband at the time the truth that she cheated on him with a black eye. He obviously wasn't very happy about that, but they said, you know what, we're going to keep this a secret. We're going to pretend that this is our fourth baby because they had three other children already. So all of their friends and family thought that my birth mother was pregnant with baby number four. But then they were like, realistically, what are we going to do when the baby, aka me, was born? And my biological mom was like, I know what I'm going to do. She said, I'm going to tell them that the baby is a stillborn. And so when August 31st, 1996 rolls around and I'm born, she obviously gives me up for adoption to the two greatest parents I could ever ask for. And then once my parents took me away, she said that her friends and family sent balloons and flowers and cards and all of these things saying, I'm so sorry for your loss because she had told them that I had died at birth. And I didn't know any of this until the day before I turned 18. But the absolute craziest part about all of this is that they have no idea to this day that I was born.
0: Yep, uh, there's more, put it in the picture full, mass. Um, so Alicia will continue to talk about this journey, including finding out that her biological mother would keep tabs on her.
5: Okay guys, so this is what my adopted mom would do twice a year for my birth mom. So my mom saw how hard it was for my birth mom to give me up for adoption. So she was like, okay, I'll make you a deal. Every six months, I'll send you a picture of Alicia and a little update in a written note in a written card of how she's doing. But since my birth mom was planning on telling her whole family and all of her friends that I was a stillborn, she didn't want the cards coming to her house. Simply because she had three children already and she didn't want them to go through the mail and find out about me. So my birth mom actually told my mom, she said, hey, I would love the updates, but just send it to my best friend's house. So my entire life, every six months, my mom said every June and every December, she would send my birth mom a picture of me like a school picture and then a dance picture with an update on how I'm doing just in life, which I think is just so beautiful. And I actually didn't know this until I was almost 18 years old. So I didn't realize that my birth mom was actually watching me grow up my whole life.
0: Look at the picture for a man. This is Alicia May Holloway with her adopted parents. Thanks to their help, Alicia was able to reconnect With her biological family member, she remains very close to them to this day. Keep that picture up. You know, Ms. Holloway, I don't know you personally, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for your courage. And I actually know a little bit about your experience. My biological mother passed away two years ago. I was adopted as well. I assume my biological mother did not care about my career, did not concern herself with my life. Well, because I was in fact her only child, it was up to me to organize the funeral, the burial and everything else. The process, we had to go through her belongings, including her cell phone, her computer, which was actually full full of information about her son. She was well aware, and followed me for years, so I know what that feels like. Thank you, all right, David, hell of a thing.
1: Yeah, remarkable, remarkable story. I mean, my angle at this is uh, as sort of the parent of uh, one of our two kids is adopted. And we send photographs, my wife and I send photographs to the uh, biological mother about every six months or so, every eight months uh, saying, hey, here's the latest, here's what he's awesome. doing, here's the traits that, I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I know it's had to have been, and it is, it's so hard for anybody to sort of give up their baby to another family because of circumstances or is that were going on. And so I think it means so much both to the biological parent to sort of be able to say, hey, this family still values the gift that I give it, gave them. Uh, and by giving me these sort of updates and letting me know that their child is being well taken care of, it is such an amazing thing, I think, for the biological parent. It's such an amazing thing for the family that did the adoption because it also then establishes the rapport so that if you're Child ever does want to have some sort of contact with the biological parent for whatever reason. There's a healthy basis to have those sort of interactions, and it's just a, it takes a lot of courage all the way around for you know the the, the a, a biological mother to give up the child for an adopted family uh, to be able to continue the relationship. Um, but it is it is a it is an incredibly beautiful thing when when all goes well, and it's just That's right. You know, my courage to this young woman for being able to share her story.
2: Absolutely. Uh- very good stuff, um, what can I say? Consequences, repercussions.
0: He didn't miss a beat. Put it up for <laughs> mass. Talk about the professionalism involved in this situation that lies before you. A man was harassing a tuba player. Now, damn it, if you're going to harass somebody in the band, that's the wrong one. According to the New York Post, the video taken from the stands during Saturday's game between Texas Southern and Jackson State shows the college's band, the college bands tuba player bouncing along to the music while a fan starts yelling at him. A Jackson State fan can be seen in the footage aggressively yelling at the tuba player who is attempting to continue playing with the band. Seeming to have had enough of the outburst, the Texas Southern tuba player says something to the man before swiftly uh, punching him uh, four times in the face. I mean, it was swift. Uh, it's unclear whether the heckler who stumbled back several feet in the stand sustained and the injuries from the scuffle. Uh, it's also unclear whether police responded to the incident or if any action has uh, been taken against the band. Uh, but what is clear is that he will never approach a tuba player like that in his natural life. Now that's clear, okay? I think it's amazing that the guy never broke um, his profession. Like he literally kept, Playing as if he didn't just have to do that, uh, David. I give this guy ten for professionalism here.
1: Oh, a- absolutely! And I, I, as a former brass player, I'm, I mm. always say, you know, if you're going to mess with anybody in a marching band, go for the piccolo or the flute <laughs> player. Don't go with the, uh, the tuba or the trombone. Is for sure with the long slide that they have. Who would want to mess with the marching band? That's the other thing that's just so, so, so strange. I get. Especially, you know, college sports and college football and all the rah-rah stuff. That yeah, you know, maybe talking smack at the opponents is part of the game, and maybe even talking smack about a marching band for the opponents when they're not playing and they're marching by. But while they're performing, while they're playing a song, that's when you're going to try to, you know, mix it up with them. Uh, good for the tuba player to clock him.
2: There you go. Hell of a thing. We're trying to get more information about this story. Uh, but in my opinion,
0: some young black customers were targeted due to their race. Here it is.
6: Wait, they got you who said, on the radar?
0: You guys are already on the radar as far as known shoplifters. Well, I don't
6: even live here. That's fine. I live but in Texas and not, I have never been to this my
0: Buying anything, then we're gonna have to ask you to leave. But we, we got stuff in our hand. Then you guys can go ahead and proceed. But. You're, right, already
6: on. On, you're already on the radar, okay? On the radar for what, though? Myers. But how we on the radar and I've never listen, been here before?
0: Listen, I don't, I'm not here to argue with you.
6: But I am because that's racially profiling.
0: No, if you're on the radar- So how, in, I've it. never all been right, to this right. Myers. What is a
6: picture of us? Right, I need to see. Okay, let me see, because I've never been to this come Myers on, before. On, on the radar. Yeah, because I've never been to this Myers before. I don't even live here i was just gotten a call on you and- What do you um, mean a call on me? For what? Um, One of my um employees- Because yes. right, we, we just literally walked in. How some We just walked in, minutes so how y'all like noticed some suspicious ago. activities? I, I was just- um. Okay, so where an the employee at? So y'all so really- Be quiet. I'm not gonna argue, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna argue yours, with y'all yeah. neither because I'm definitely so gonna, so gonna sue y'all. This is definitely in recording because that's racially profiling. Don't call no police in this bitch and we ain't in here.
0: Up the picture of the officer. You know, officer, you said they were already on the radar. Typically, that means they have been spotted, observed, committing some act that is possibly illegal. But you know that's not the case, officer. So you could not provide any additional information when they stood up for their rights. Management and the officer initially accused the women of being returning shoplifters, okay? Well, that means you should be arrested on site because that would be criminal trespass if you are on the property. And you were told never to come back due to a shoplifting incident. When they pressed them for photos, the story changes. Saying an employee called them in. So at first it was, hey, we know you're a shoplifter. They said, well, where's the, where's the picture? Where's the photo? We, we literally just stepped in here and we're not even from here. So you have never seen us here, so where's the picture? Story changes, Oh well, an employee called, yes, it was an employee. Put up the picture full mask again, I want you to notice something, right? So they said an employee called, they're unable to produce the employee who did so. But you know what he does have in his left hand? He has mace, that is mace, he's ready to mace somebody for what? The officer also keeps keeps his pepper spray drawn during the majority of the confrontation. So information about the location of the store is unknown. The names of the individuals involved, unknown. Um, I need more information. If you have information about this incident, tag indisputable, tag me. We want to get to the bottom of it and I gotta say thank you to the heroes who stood up for their rights and demanded respect and recorded it. Thank you, you have done a service to this nation and beyond. David, thoughts?
1: It's racial profiling, clear and simple. And I do hope that somebody comes forward and identifies this police officer. Cuz there's no room for racial profiling in our society in 2023. A police officer, if he feels that there's something sort of suspicious going on, there's nothing to stop. There's nothing that prevents a police officer from walking up and saying, "Hey." you're in the store, you wanna talk to me a little bit? At that point, if a woman or man decides, no, I don't wanna talk to you, that is their constitutional right. And a police officer cannot intimidate or threaten them. But police officers have a lot of latitude in terms of How they might do an investigation about how they might try to determine what's really going on. If a police officer is really worth his salt, he will go up, have a pleasant conversation, not escalate, simply, hey, let's have a little talk if you'd like. I'd like to, you know, I'm trying to protect the safety of the people in the store. But for a police officer to walk up, to racially profile, to have that mason hand shows that police officer has already made up his mind. And that guy should not be a cop.
0: Very well said. I'm looking forward to the update. Please make sure you contact us. Always a pleasure, dear brother, having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you, check out the great work.
1: Uh, Dr. Ritchie, uh, thanks for having me as always. Uh, People can find me uh, on YouTube or Facebook uh, on Rebel HQ. We do videos every day about politics and race relations and police uh, and and all sorts of culture and pop culture. And a lot of uh, great contributors on there uh, who also put videos together. So check us out, Rebel HQ on Facebook or on YouTube. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I also... uh, Occasionally tweet about sports at David Schuster. There
0: it is. Thank you, my brother. Always good.
1: Thanks, Dr. Richie. Take
0: care. You too. We got more.
2: The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of comments.
0: I will read as many as I can. Vicky says, heart hugs to her and you, Rashad, XOXO and XOXO to you. Thank you for that. Lynn says, radar, it's called for racist. I mean, you're on the radar. What? Excuse me. What radar are we talking about? Insane. Uh, and cyber gothica. <laughs> there are many pathways for happiness. It doesn't need to be the same for everybody. Uh, then that's wisdom. That's right. That's correct. Uh, Josh, thank you for sharing your personal story, Doctor Richie. It's my pleasure, and I'm glad the young lady shared hers. And uh, yep, yeah, it's just Vegas. Uh, Dude didn't miss a beat, pun intended. I get that. And uh, octosquiddies don't F with the tuba player. They are definitely definitely the one that will wreck your ish. And then play your ambulance out with grumpy music on your way out. I play the trombone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen.
4: not hire him for your own personal business. Up,
2: if you,
6: <laughs> is about? go home. Fuck. Go, back.
0: go
3: back to Africa. You don't like it. That? Wow. Wow. it. wow.
4: Wow.
3: Okay. belong in Africa. Not.
4: So. This that? <laughs> has to stop. Correct. Uh, please wait. Please the wait. Yes. Migrat- oh. So, uh, Mr. Sorrent, uh, I would ask that you apologize first for uh, what just came through there. While you're telling me to wait,
2: I'm you sorry. should be yes, appalled at happened. I'm sorry. That should not have happened. Thank and you. I don't know
4: how it did. It's, it's a technical. I don't have any control over that. Okay. So and my it's certainly pro- that is inappropriate. Thank you. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. So, to me, that should have been the first thing said to every African American in this place, everybody, because it's not just a, a me thing.
0: We have the person who was really a victim of that verbal assault and racism and sexism and everything else on the program. It's Amy Malone, I wish it was under better circumstances, but thank you for joining us on the show, how are you? Thank you, sir, I appreciate you for having me on. And thank you for bringing attention to this matter and what happened. It was so extreme and your point was so well understood immediately because I think this was the mayor pro tem. Am, am I correct?
4: Absolutely. Yes, it was. Okay. So it was the mayor pro tem. The mayor, mayor tem. was actually on the on Zoom, the via, via Zoom. But it was
0: mayor pro tem that was running the meeting. Okay. So the mayor pro tem, he has the authority. He has the tactical control of the meeting. This mm-hmm. happens during the meeting. You have a connection of um, live plus online um, mm-hmm. attendees. That's something that happens. It's pretty normative now with city council meetings. Yes. This outbreak of just insane and aggressive talk happens. I'm sure there are rules against it. And instead of the mayor pro tem, who's in charge of the meeting, immediately, A, chastising those who are talking this way and cutting that mic off and saying, shut this whole thing down, Right. right? It's as if he's coming at you telling you to be quiet. Correct. Talk to us about what was happening that day.
4: Well, in that moment, there was a room full of people that were protesting the um, hiring of the new city manager. And while I was speaking um, and um, expressing my grievances regarding this gentleman, um, I hear through the speaker these derogatory um, slurs, and I wasn't sure in the in that moment whether it was coming, you know, whether the person was behind me whether they were in that room or was that um, um, in the speaker. And when I did realize where it was coming from, immediately I looked to um, Mayor Pro Tem to shut it down, to stop everything and let us take a moment, take care of what's going on, shut it off, because it went on for quite a while. You know, it should have been an immediate, I've run Zoom meetings before where you just cut off their sound. And that's not what happened. And once they continued, he just continued. He kept saying, I don't know where it's coming from. Instead of taking control and immediately, Shh, everything needs to stop right now. And then addressing me
0: and apologizing. This um, happened in uh, San Bernardino, uh, San Bernardino City Council meeting. What was the grievance against the newly hired city manager?
4: So the new city manager, um, Mr. Charles Montoya, he was hired after a long search. Um, However, he'd been the city manager for three other cities. Um, He was fired from those three cities for corruption, insubordination, theft of funds, um, those type of things. to hire someone who is currently in litigation with another city because of issues that they had with him. To hire someone like that and to think that that's the best that we can do. that I had a problem with that. When you are bringing in somebody for the, the highest paid position in the city, the most powerful pretty much position in the city because he's taking care of all of our tax money and he's making the decisions on what is going to happen in the city. I felt that it just they needed to take more time. We had a temporary person in place. We could have continued with that person, and instead they wanted to bring in someone immediately. And I felt uh, there's there's got to be a reason, you know. When you're hiring someone who has a past like this, either there's ulterior motives going on. Um, something's got to happen. And so for me, our current mayor specializes in human resources. So that just didn't match to me. I thought that we needed to, to you know, go back to the drawing board, revisit you know, seeing some of the other candidates and they just continued to try to make it a race thing. We want to hire the first Latino and I'm not mad about that. I want to hire a
0: qualified candidate and I would love for them to be a Latino. You know, so your uh, gripe, your uh, issue is legitimate. That's a, that's a legitimate concern, I, I think, for anyone. Absolutely, uh, even, even and if you on a the room side, full of people. Right, who it had the same concern. Least, yes, that were concerned about that, absolutely. Okay, um, as far as the response from those individuals, right? They, they started to call you the B word. They're yelling racial slurs. Mm-hmm. Um, the audience, there seems to be uh, kind of a, a collective woe. Uh, yes. But it's silent. So tell me what happened in that moment. How was the crowd responding oh, to this? Everyone was in total shock. Mm-hmm. Shock, disbelief, anger.
4: There was anger immediately in the room. Um, there was, you know, a disbelief that something like this was happening. And you could hear behind me um, people, you know, like you said, <gasps> and 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 again, angry. Um, because there was quite a few African Americans in the room. But there were, you know, I want to make make sure people understand San Bernardino is not racist. I've seen that, and I've read that. Well, there have always been racist. Well, no, everybody that I've come in contact with has been more than gracious, has been sympathetic, has been angry about it. It's the way that the dais handled that. It's the way that
0: our city officials handled that. Yeah. Um, let me repeat. Because I want to remind everyone of what was said to you in that moment. Uh, Somebody shut this N-word up. Go home, you B-word. Go back to Africa if you don't like it. Um, Obviously, no one knows how they're going to respond in a professional moment. And something like that is said to them. I have no idea how I would have reacted. What was going through your mind in the immediacy of those comments?
2: I
4: was, I was angry,
0: I was sad, yeah. it hurt.
4: Um, but I also knew my reaction was going to determine how this played out. If it was going to turn to me and me being angry and cursing back, now that changes the narrative. Now they're talking about what I said rather than what the person who attacked me said. So I knew in that moment, and, and it may sound like a cliche, but in all honesty, I had in my head what Michelle Obama said, when they go low, you go high. And in that moment I had to go high, but I broke down crying when I got in my car. I cried, I screamed, you know, I called family because I could not believe that that happened to me. You know, I, you just don't think something like that is going to happen to you. And it hurt and I didn't realize how much it hurt to be very honest to you, until I went to the, to the city council meeting this last week and standing before them then It just all came back, like I wanted to break down and cry. And that's unusual for me.
0: You see, what you just said is 100% true. Um, You were were aware of so many things in a split second. Mm -hmm. And, And the reason why we are aware of these things, we are aware that if we have an appropriate response, you know, we're angry. We're angry that someone has insulted us. If we respond appropriately to that anger, meaning we are angry, we are angry at how they came to us in this racist anger. We're just righteously angry, right? If we respond that way, the story becomes about our response rather than the racism and the insults lunch. So you have to know all of this in a split second. And something I tell my college students that means. When we have that response, that means that we're carrying around that trauma without knowing we're carrying around that trauma. Yes. Right? And I think that's some, you experienced some of that when you went back to that council meeting. You're still carrying some of that trauma. Without knowing, I did not
4: know. I thought I was fine. I thought I was okay. And this is just, you know, look, we have to do this. There's a job now to do, and we have to make sure that we don't allow that to fall to the wayside. You know, continue with this. Um, But just standing in front of them, I, I just literally inside my stomach just felt empty. Like I just, it just dropped. Um, and, you know, in the meeting they were, you know, giving their apologies and it just didn't, you know, a week later, or matter of fact, this was a couple of weeks later. It doesn't feel sincere. It doesn't feel it's not enough. It's not enough. I needed you to be angry in that moment. I needed you to be appalled in that moment. So to come back now and hear this, it even made me angrier and it hurt And so sometimes people don't understand that because a couple people said, Well, I appreciate your apology. And that's fine. I'm not taking that away from them, but I know what I needed in that moment, I did not get. And I'm sure so many people that look like me, whose parents, I had older people, you know, my elders who called and reached out to me, bawling because it was a trigger. It was something they said, You know, we fought, so you didn't have to do that. You never would have to feel that. And that just, it was just the weight,
0: the weight of it. What did they end up doing? I saw an update, and I think I provided that update, where they, they spoke tough and said this would be different in the future. But what actually changed or what justice was sought? Nothing.
4: Mm-hmm. Nothing. I'm going to be very honest with you. Nothing changed. They never, they said they identified the IP address, Um, but I've seen nothing. You know, I've heard nothing about the people who perpetrated the crime. Um, The mayor called me uh, about a week later, I'll say about five days later, because she was having um, a gathering to, um, to, uh, to stand against racism. And even in that, the three black uh, city council members attended. The other four chose not to. The other four did not attend and all had reasons they did not. But I just think something like that speaks volumes. Let's, and- let's talk about that. Yeah, okay. Yes. What, what's the
0: racial makeup of council?
4: So three African-Americans, um, three Latinas, Latinas, and
0: one white man. Okay. And then our mayor is Vietnamese. And when the mayor calls for basically a, a racial reconciliation type of event. Yes. Um, only the black council members responded with. The only press. ones that came. Those are the wow. only wow. ones that came.
4: Yes. And, that, and that, that's like a slap in the face as well. So how do you think that I felt when then they had a constructed statement um, at the last council meeting to say, "Oh, we're really sorry about what happened, it should never happen, da-da-da-da-da. I feel like unless something detrimental is happening, you should come together and stand against something that you say you don't stand for. Because I feel like if you don't stand against it, you stand with it. There is no you know, middle ground.
0: That's right. Um, you are obviously an outspoken individual. You're willing to um, be the leader in the room. That's necessary. You will speak truth to power. Give us some of your background. What created? Uh, what was the genesis uh, for you to become the leader you are?
4: Um, I have. So let me just say this. I've always been an outspoken individual, and I utilized that, and I became um, a public relations specialist. So wow. I work in publicity. I'm a publicity strategist. I own um, Girl in Charge Public Relations and. That is why I know how a story can turn. And I knew in that moment that, you know, I know what I would have advised my client to do. And I needed to do the same thing. I just could not allow them to take that and let that be what now um, is, is who Amy is, who Amy Malone is, is the person who cursed out or did whatever. I couldn't do that. I I, I could not. So um, as a person who works in communication, um, that that's how I chose to handle it. So yes, I'm a PR um, director and I do publicity, mainly entertainment PR, but I do work with um, nonprofits and elected officials.
0: Well, I, I gotta tell you this, <clears throat> the way you responded, uh, it was flawless in my opinion. You, you never uh, took any of your response that gave the energy to those who are racist, you went back to the person who was in charge. The people who were convening the meeting, that is their responsibility. Take that pressure off of you, put it back on them. That's exactly what you did. Thank you so much. I appreciate
4: hearing you say that. I I respect you. I respect your opinion. I've been watching you for
0: many, many years. So thank Thank you you. so much. We appreciate you. And um, for those who are watching this interview, uh, and they are they are looking at the scene. They see what's happened. Mm-hmm. But they may be hesitant to step out and become a leader. What would your recommendation to them be?
4: It's your, it's your right. It's your right. Don't allow anybody to take from you what people fought so hard for you to have. Your civic right is to go and to speak out and to speak up. You know, if we don't do it, then those those elected officials are able to do anything that they want to do. You can't be angry when someone takes control of your life and, and what happens with your money and, and your living situation, and they run with it if you keep silent. So I would encourage because I know that people like that that got on there and and did all of the verbal attacks and their purpose was to make people scared to speak and to intimidate people and that just can't happen. So I tell anybody vocalize your you know your your feelings, whatever it is going on. If you have a problem with something, speak
0: about it. Talk about it, you know, and make sure that your voice is heard. So well said. Miss Malone, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for your leadership.
4: I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to join you.
0: Absolutely. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable listen no matter what you do don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you they don't stop i don't stop racism won't stop i won't stop systemic bias won't stop i won't stop people still need criminal justice systems reform so i won't stop
2: you won't stop either